this is Valentine's Day. We just had a whole episode around date nights. But what about when your Christian marriage is struggling? When you're disconnected, you're discouraged. I am hoping today that we can just have a little bit of real talk, wife to wife, about the hope that we have in Christ for our marriages. You might be struggling today. You might remember that time way back when, when you were struggling, or it might be ahead of you. It might be around the corner, but we all need to know that there is hope because all of us get married hoping for and trusting that we will enjoy each other, that we'll be happy together. And here on the Love Your People Well podcast, we are all about deepening our family relationships. That is how we enjoy life. That's how we find meaning and joy and and purpose in our day to day. We go deep with the Lord. We go deep with our people. And when our marriage is struggling, it's really hard to enjoy family life. So my friend, I'm glad you're here. Whether you're listening for yourself or for a friend, um, I know that the Lord has good plans for you and your marriage. But let's be honest, I also know that it might not look exactly like you're hoping it will look. But I'm glad you're here. Um, This is the Love Your People Well podcast, and my name is Jess. I am a Christian marriage counselor. Um, I've been married for, uh, we actually just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. We've got um, four kiddos, ages four and under, And, um, you know, if you didn't know this, FYI, research shows that the least happy times in a marriage are when you have kids in the home under age five. So if you are struggling in your marriage, you're feeling disconnected or, or any other number of struggles, and you've got kids, little kids in your home, you can at the very least sit down and know you're not alone this is a hard season of life. It's not the only hard season. It's not the only way that marriages might struggle, but it is really, really common. But let's not just dwell on the pain and the struggle. Let's talk about the goodness of the Lord. Because a lot of times when we're struggling in our marriage, we get very focused on the marriage. We start noticing all the things our husband is doing wrong. Uh, Maybe we're noticing all the things we are doing wrong. There's often a lot of emotion and a lot of frustration. Um, But you were not created for your husband. Your identity is not solely wrapped up in your marriage, your family, your role as a wife or as a mom. Ultimately, you were created for God's pleasure and God's glory. He has a purpose and he has a plan. And that's true for you as an individual, but it's also true for your marriage. And you might look back and think, you know, oh, it was a mistake to get married. That wasn't God's plan. Obviously, I don't know your story. I don't know the ins and outs of your marriage, but I do know that when a man and woman come together before the Lord and commit to marriage, that God then has expectations 
and plans for that marriage. We're not going to do a, a deep dive into a bunch of Bible verses today about marriage or, um, or, or any of those things, but I think we can all agree at, at the big picture level that God cares about marriage. He places a high value on marriage. He created Adam and it was not good that he was alone. And so God didn't stop there. And even after there was sin and there was brokenness, God still called the husband and the wife together to move into the world, to start a family. And God has been working through families ever since. He called out an entire people group for himself today in the church. He invites us into his family. And throughout the Bible, God uses this this metaphor of himself as our husband, that the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. There is a lot in there that we could unpack theologically. But for right now, while we are trying to, to wrestle with the struggle that sometimes exists in our marriages, it is worth reminding ourselves that God has a plan. He does not get messed up if we mess up, if we started our relationship, maybe not on the right foot, or maybe there is a ton of sin in our marriage and it's just, it feels hopeless to see a way out of it. God understands it. And 1 Corinthians tells us very clearly, I believe it's in chapter 10, that there is always a way out if we are following the Lord. So find that encouragement in scripture, find that encouragement in the Lord, that even when your marriage is struggling, you matter and your marriage matters. And it's helpful from there, I think, to, to pray. I mean, sometimes we kind of overlook that because it feels like the Sunday school answer. Oh, just pray about it. But I don't mean that prayer is like a magic wand. Oh, if I ask for something, I'll automatically get it because scripture is clear that we receive the prayers that are in line with God's will. He will do what is best. And that's not always what we think of to ask for. But I say pray about it and not just as like a flippant comment, but because prayer is our connection to the king of the universe. Prayer is how the Holy Spirit comes deeper and deeper into our own hearts to convict us and encourage us and comfort us. And prayer is how we will encourage and, and help the Holy Spirit to take charge of our husband's heart. Because so many times when we're struggling, we are trying to change him, we're trying to change the marriage, but ultimately the one who creates change is the Lord. And so pray everything you're anxious about, everything you're stressed about, everything you want, everything you're hoping for, everything you need to confess, everything you need to cry over, pray about it, lay it before the Lord. And if you can, pray for your marriage with your husband, praying out loud together. And maybe that's just reading scripture, opening the Bible to um, Ephesians chapter five or Colossians chapter three, and just reading scripture out loud and offering it as a prayer, asking God together, help us to do this, to love each other rightly and well. 
That is powerful. And the Lord can do things we would never even imagine. And when you're feeling hopeless and you're struggling, sometimes it's hard to imagine a way out of that struggle. But God is not limited by our own creativity or the ideas that we bring to the table. He just wants us to come to him and trust that he is working. And I think, uh, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm a big fan of action steps, kind of practical things that we can do to walk out our calling from the Lord. And one of those practical action steps that can help when we are really struggling in our marriage is to make a list, identify what is working in our marriages, and then focus on that. You could probably make a list 12 pages long of all the problems in your marriage, and maybe there are action steps to deal with every one of those problems. But you can also focus on the things that are great, or at least pretty good, And then focus on those, build them up, make them even better, make them more consistent, try to do them more often. Focus on those things like Philippians chapter four says, focus on the things that are true and good and beautiful. Think about those things and it will start to impact your attitude and your perspective. And alongside that, yes, you might benefit from taking time to pray and journal and and consider why is my marriage struggling? What are we getting stuck in? What pattern has developed or, or what, you know, where's the gap in the communication or the intimacy? And then from that list, it's not going to be very helpful to just dwell on it. Although sometimes that's what, that's what we want to do. We want to have that pity party for ourselves that can feel good in the moment, but it doesn't actually change anything. It's much more helpful to, if you have that list of of understanding, well, these are some of the reasons why or, or the ways that my marriage is struggling. Well, now you can highlight what can I influence? What can I change? Maybe there's action steps you can take there. And everything you don't highlight, everything on that list that you really don't have control over, it's maybe totally in your husband's, it's in his court, or you're influenced by... Um, you know, you're unemployed and and there's no money and we're stressed and we're struggling. Well, you can't just go out tomorrow and find a job. Um, You might take some action steps toward that, but those things that you cannot directly control, well, you can pray. You can put them in God's hands. He does control them. And so taking that time to pray and journal and, and understand why you're struggling, it'll show you the action steps to take. And it'll show you the specific areas for prayer. Ultimately, we are submitting to Christ. That is our call and our duty as Christians. And part of what Christ calls us to do is love our husbands. Ephesians chapter 5 says to submit to our husbands. And and there's plenty of places in scripture. Colossians chapter 3 is probably my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. And it's filled with Christian commands to be kind to one another, to forgive one another. We can read 1 Corinthians 13 and and understand that, you know, we're not keeping a record of wrongs. We're not bringing back up the past to each other. We can do a lot 
if we're following the commands of scripture. But all of that flows out of a heart that is centered on and focused on the Lord. We are submitting to him. And your husband, he's going to mess up sometimes, maybe in some very significant and painful ways. And you're going to mess up sometimes. And that also might be significant and painful. But Christ never messes up. He never drops the ball. And he offers abundant forgiveness when we do mess up. I mean, that's the whole reason he came. If we consider that all too famous verse from John, um, John 3, 16, you know, why did Jesus come? Why did the son come? He came to save us from our sins. John chapter 10, he came to give us abundant life. And I would encourage you today, my friend who is struggling in your marriage, yes, give it to God, pray over it, focus on what is working, Um, consider what you can actually change and where you just need to lay it in God's hands. Focus on the Lord and keep working at it. It can be so discouraging to struggle month after month, year after year, season after season. You're not struggling in those moments, you're not struggling for the good of your husband or even for the good of your family. Ultimately, at that point, you're struggling as a service and a submission and a love of Christ. And I know I mention always here on the podcast, my, um, I always call it my disclaimer that I am a counselor, but I'm not your counselor. And if you are at a place of hopelessness in your marriage, you might benefit from finding a counselor. I have a whole page on the website around that. Um, you can Google, you know, Christian counselor near me. Talk to your friends, talk to your pastor, get some recommendations. Um, the American Association of Christian Counselors or Focus on the Family, they both have online. You can have a whole network, you know, type in your zip code. They'll tell you counselors who have at least some level of being vetted that they are Christians. They're for marriage but you really might benefit from talking with your pastor, talking with a counselor. And I can tell you as a marriage counselor, plenty of people come to work on their marriage alone because for whatever reason, their spouse is not ready or willing to work on that. And change can still happen. Praise be to God. In the meantime, I will remind you, of course, that I have resources as well. They're not, yeah, they're not as in-depth as a personal relationship with a therapist and that professional nature of things. Uh, But you can grab a free conflict resolution checklist. You can dive into my 40-day devotional on communication in marriage. Um, and, And it's got prayer prompts and Bible study questions and um, talking points every day for 40 days. You can join us right now in the Faith Fiverr Club where we're practicing biblical marriage habits. Um, You can grab an online course from Sheila, the the kind of Christian sex lady, and, and enhance intimacy in your marriage. There are a lot of resources out there. I've tried to put A lot of my favorites are the ones that I've developed over at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash marriage. And the link and all of that is there in the podcast notes. But I mostly bring that up. Yes, I'm a fan of resources, but also to offer hope that if you're struggling, you're not alone. 
God is with you. God is in it. God is for you. And he will connect you with the right resource, the right person, the right conversation, the right book, whatever it is at the right time. And ultimately, he is the one we are following and submitting to and trusting, even when we might not be able to trust or find that hope in our marriage, we can find that hope in the Lord. So my friend, I hope that is a help and an encouragement. And please know that I do pray for you, your family, your marriage, everyone listening to this podcast. Um, I trust that God is using it in some way in your life. And I'm thankful for that. I'm honored by that. And I am praying for you. So with all of that in mind, my friend, grab those resources over at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash marriage and circle back with us next week. We will have more biblical encouragement and practical tips to help you love your people well. Until then, hugs and blessings to you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. I'm so glad you joined me today for this episode of the Love Your People Well podcast. If you found it helpful or encouraging, please leave a written review to encourage me, but also to help the show grow. You can even copy the link to this episode and text it to a friend. Don't forget to grab all your resources at loveyourpeoplewell.com and join us inside the Faith Fiverr Club for extra perks every week.